This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Uh, in grand final week, I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. Uh, yeah, so we'll be coming at you every day this week. So the bad news for you today is that the podcast will be a little bit shorter, but the good news is you're going to be getting six of them this week, Mitchell. Yeah, we're doing the same thing we did last year, which feels like, like it's the time doesn't really exist at the moment and it hasn't, but last year feels so recent, but also so long ago. It does so- feel like we just did that. Yes, but also it feels like a different time and space altogether. But yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to be doing uh, the recap of the weekend's games today. I haven't fully lined up the proper schedule yet, but you'll essentially but get the previews be, for both teams. Uh, there'll be, yeah, there'll be like season, season, looking back at the season for both teams. There'll be a game preview. There'll be an all question time episode. And there'll be a special podcast with Nick Campton. We'll keep that a surprise what that's going to be. But that, that one is a bit out there. We'll save that one for later in the week, but you will enjoy that. I promise you. Um, So it should be a big grand final week for us and one of our teams is in it. So I know that has not happened since the first year of the podcast. And I was overseas for the whole of the finals in that year anyway. So I've never like, it's very foreign ground for us. Yeah, big. Um, so, and uh, of course, you're stuck in Sydney for it, but whatever. We're here. We'll uh, preview it and you get to watch it from your lounge room. Yeah. And yeah, look, mate, it'll be fine. And look, it'll be, there'll be a party in Redfern when we win. So it's all good. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later in the week. Let's look back, first of all, at the games that were Friday night, South Sydney, 36, Manly 16. Uh, Scoreline in the end, flattered Manly a little bit. South's pretty dominant from start to finish, letting a couple of late tries, as sometimes good teams do when they're blowing teams out in big moments. Um, yeah, a, a comfortable win as you could have hoped for, and South's coming to the grand final. Very much the fresher of the two teams. Yeah, we couldn't have got the other game much more wrong, but <laughs> as we saw this game, it was pretty much as we saw it that Manly hadn't really found other ways to win this year. And South are too good. South took it to them. And then Manly don't know what to do when it gets taken to them. And as South do this year, mate, when they go out to big leads, they seem to let in three late tries and the scoreline looks closer than what the game was. But yeah, South dominated from start to 76th minute, you know, yeah. and then scored again at the end. But just um, as comfortable of a semi-final, sorry, prelim final when you can possibly, like, possibly have really. And a bizarre one that we recorded after it and, it's weird. It felt like he won a prelim in week one, didn't it? It did. There, this, there was nowhere near the level of elation after this game that there was that week. Probably because even though I thought South would win, and both games pretty much went exactly how I thought they were going to go, which is a bit weird. But I guess the one in week one just was a little bit more far-fetched than this. This I was confident all week, wasn't nervous on Friday, uh, and it was over by halftime. So it was as comfortable as you could have asked for. Um Cody Walker was sensational. Cameron Murray, maybe his best ever game. Damien Cook played really well on a prelim, which is lovely to see. Um, and yeah, and I did enjoy afterwards. Um, someone asked Wayne about the couple of tries Manly scored. And he basically said, we'd already won. Who cares? Which I love hearing. I, I hated that narrative. Because if you remember in 2014, South did this. They beat Manly in week one of the finals. 40. They were up 40 nil and ended up winning 40 to 24. And then they were up 32 to 12 against the Roosters and ended up winning 32 to 22. Roosters got two tries in the last two minutes. Very similar to this game, actually. And after those two games, people tried to roll out this narrative. Oh, South's 
soft and getting tired late in games. It's like, no, they're just up by unassailable leads and taking their foot off the gas, which I actually prefer. Like, wouldn't you be 10 times more annoyed if, say, Campbell Graham does his shoulder trying to make a desperate ankle tap on Ruben Garrick mm-hmm. to, to save the 20-plus punters? Like, give me a break. Yeah, the uh, interesting thing in this game too, though, is like you guys didn't really have like you had less line breaks than in the end, didn't you? I can't remember the yeah, exact number. Yeah, yeah. Now. I think it is less. It's five. But the to first four, half, man, that's it. The first half, though, you had one thousand one hundred and twenty-four meters to five hundred and fifty-five. That's good. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like twenty-two nil. You had sixty-four percent possession. You completed twenty-one sets of twenty-six, and they're eleven of eighteen. Uh, you forced two repeat sets, like. You're getting out of dummy half. You had more line engagements. We all know you had more tries. You just everything. You had more of everything, pretty much. Everything there was to be had, you had more of it, except for the kick meters were pretty close to yours. But it was just as dominant of a prelim and final performance it could be. And like once South got out, like Cody Walker scored that first try. And I did laugh when I saw that because I have ringing in my ears all the times it's happened to South from M. Bungard. It probably felt good to you to feel like he got a, a gem. You try like that back. Just <laughs> oh, that was Co- Cody Walker played the role of Jack Whiten on that try. Much. <laughs> he did. He's even better at Jack Whiten at being Jack Whiten right now. Yeah, he, he can do it all now. But like, there's all those silly narratives. We've been talking about how this narrative bullshit about big games does. It does matter at some point, but a lot of it's just garbage. When you know South losing a prelim final doesn't really reflect just directly on Adam Reynolds or, or Cody Walker. I will say Damien Cook has been poor in those last three prelims, but he had a cracker in this game. Cody had a cracker, and Reynolds is pretty good for a dude that was clearly hampered. But yeah, like it was probably really a bit of a monkey off the back of Cook and Walker going into next week. That if there was a little bit of doubt about, oh, you know, self doubt in those big games, like they just played their natural game in this one. And both of them were, was it Cook's best game of the season? We probably thought it um, might have been. I yeah, think it might be. Yeah, I think so. Um, he just had a pretty quiet regular season as a whole. He did. Um, and that's fine because he just sort of you don't sat need back him to do what he did. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, but he was brilliant in this game. He was, and I think that's part of you know him being a bit of an older player now. He's he's thirty years old. There, he they know what he can do, but they don't need him to be the guy he was three or four years ago. He was darting, you know, 10, 15 times a game, and that was one of the things when Wayne first got to South that he spoke about that. Hey, like he was talking about how the actual wants Cook to run less and run smarter and take less contact, and yeah, it might be part of why he's come and looked fresher at the end of the year now because he did that throughout the season, and yeah, he he was really really quality in this game. They took that early lead, never looked at giving it back. It was just like, I don't know. I don't know what else you can say like, about the game. Like, it was how perfect it was to see us. It couldn't have gone any better. You couldn't. I mean, right down to there being no injuries, no suspensions, nothing. Um, everyone was fine. They put Adam Reynolds, took him off with 15 to go, which I thought was smart. Um, and yeah, apparently he's fine. Like, they asked Wayne about it afterwards. He said he had like a groin twinge earlier in the week, but um, was like, relatively okay and it was more that like he'd probably be more fine next week because he has another nine days to rest or something so he yeah. should be all good um yeah uh jackson paulo is, is just good i don't <laughs> understand i don't understand where that's come from i think he heard Mate, the criticism last week i think he took it personally that you said he was worse than ruben garrick and jason Saab. we um we we uh well mate they're gonna probably win dallying wingers of the year how funny is that gonna be those two it is quite funny <laughs> both of them yeah catching the ball from tommy's of the year yeah. Um, 
it's funny. Like I know I wrote South off to for winning the competition when we did the podcast pre-finals. A lot and of people did, though. Be, be, I don't know, be, but being a Wayne disciple for 25 years, I, sh- I should feel, I feel like a bit of an idiot doing that because I've never written one of Wayne's things off ever. But doesn't it totally feel like that kind of shit with like Jackson Paulo, who was barely playing or similar? What happened? <laughs> playing in- the role of playing the role of Adam Mogg is Jackson Paulo. Or, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> was Wayne even the like, coach in that Origin series? I don't fucking know. No, but, playing yeah. the role of one of the Lee cousins. <laughs> okay, know? good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like so, yeah. Blake. Well, Blake Taft playing the Corey Allen role in both the Origin sense perfectly. and the South sense. So yeah, we've casted Blake Taft as as uh, Corey Allen perfectly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like. Paulo was awesome. That trial was great. Like, this, I don't know what he did. He forget how his body worked, or he couldn't turn around. It was like I don't know, but it was awesome that he back he moonwalked, Moon, moonwalked on them. Um, Campbell Graham's awesome. Um, we someone called him ugly Matt Cooper in the Discord the other night, but I've come up with the name Tall Bowman, and I'm very pleased Tall with Bo- that. I like that Tall Bowman. Thank you. I do like that a lot. Well, him and him and Matt Burton defy the shapes of their bodies with how they, they move do and how they do bo- And they'll be match. That's a cracking matchup this week. They'll be running at each other, so that's good. Yeah, like Matt Burton has the acceleration of a FIFA player. He just claps up the speed on like that. Uh, you know, he is really agile for his size. You catch people surprised by that agility and speed he contains. Whereas Campbell Graham is absolutely nothing like he came in the first grade, got put on the wing. We all thought it'd be like, what, you know, white Israel, white, white for loud, you know, even when he was young, he just get kicked out all the time and score heaps of tries in the air. Not actually very good in the air, like at all, but the, like weirdly strong defensive. Generally, tall guys aren't as good in contact as Campbell Graney just because it's lower down to get, to get into contact like for, for guys like him. But yeah, close to the premier defensive center in the competition. Now you'd say uh, Campbell Graham and doesn't let them down with the ball in hand. He was fantastic. But I do think um, by far the best player on the field for mine was Cam Murray. And uh, I mean, he's, people he's good, don't, isn't he? they don't need any more Cam Murray fawning than they get from everybody everywhere, but Jesus Christ, he's good. Um. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. I got into an argument earlier that day at work with my boss who said Jake Turbo was as good as Cameron Murray when we were going through the, the lineups and talking about which play, which team had the advantage in each position. And I said, I'll give you the back three, but we've got pretty much the rest. And he was like, oh, blah, 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 Cam Murray, Jake Turbo. And I was like, okay, mate. And then I think this game kind of uh, settled that yeah. dispute. <laughs> well, yeah, so like that, that's it. We didn't have an argument before the game. I agree, South is a better team going to win, but I did say, oh, the wingers is probably it. The back three, the wingers. Yeah. And yeah. I was happy to see the back three, but like, yeah. I'm not going to have. But yeah, the Jack rest Turbos of the field, no. <laughs> Cameron Murray, give me a break. Yeah. I said, but, actually, yeah. no, I said the edge back row was a pretty even two, to be fair, but I didn't think. I thought Olakawatu had a real rocks and diamonds game. He did some nice things, some but some things, but yeah. very boneheaded moments, too. So, But yeah, but I thought Murray did a really good job as well, like early in that game. He did a bit of a bit of like mm. first receiver kind of stuff on the left hand mm. side there, and a bit more, you know, in early in the game with with Jerome's a bit hampered. I don't know. I feel like he's he upped his involvement at the start yeah. as he always does anyway. But he was just such a, so good in that opening stint, and yeah, South just that's all that mattered for them in this game. Right? That opening thirty minutes is they won the football game there. So if you look back yeah, as a South like... fan, you're looking at this is where we won this game. Who stood out there? And it, you know, Cam Murray was by far the best on the field for thirty odd minutes. Yeah, and you're right. Cam Murray touched the ball 30 times, which is uh, almost double any other South's forward besides Damian it's Cook. It's a obviously. lot for a forward. Yeah, that's yeah. again, that's like there's games when five eights have that little. That's a little a low amount of touches for Haas, but it can, does happen. But yeah, Murray. Well, for was context, he, he only touched the ball 10 less times than Adam Reynolds did. 
Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And he played sixty three minutes as well. So thirty touch, sixty three minutes for for a forward is a, is a lot of hand on ball. Yeah. But he, he he was exceptional. He, he then, touched the ball two less times than Kieran Foran. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. And he had to go off the field, whereas Foran did not. And, yeah. And mainly, it's hard to find any positives. I mean, it was Tommy's. The local one of his quietest played games. all right for them. He did. I thought like Tommy was quiet, but that's yeah. you know that's what we've been saying about the season. And it's not it's not been about Tommy bashing. It's been about bashing of calling anything that happened this year being the best player ever. This yeah. isn't true um, with how the rules have changed. But yeah, it's not a shock that when they couldn't get that forward momentum going up the guts and they couldn't get on really on top of a team, Tommy wasn't there to, to play at the back of it. He still got his uh, garbage time try yeah. at the end there, but not the usual Tommy Turbo stats. He, he was getting smashed every time he got the ball in the first half as well. He and was. I will say, like, I like Josh Schuster a lot and he had that pass and they were touching themselves over it, blah, blah. But mate, have a fucking run. Like, you're not on the team to just catch and pass to you to the winger. Like you've got to get involved and do a bit. And he just he was anonymous as well. Um, yeah. Moses Sully was probably worth about negative 18 points on the night. Like I feel bad for him a little bit um, and for Dragons fans. But like you look, you go that game. Like he, they probably score even without that obstruction, right? The one where he he ran into Reynolds. They probably yeah. score anyway. But it is a penalty. Yeah, yeah. So that's six points. South score off the result of that. So it's a 12 point swing. And then. Um, Graham went right through him for for Paulo's try later on, and it was like, yeah, this, yeah, eighteen points right there, mate. Like terrible. It's all right, the man. He scored. He was in two of the late tries, so yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, 100, you, 195 running meters. Yeah, great work. The two line breaks when the game was over. I yeah. can't believe he's getting paid like five hundred k plus. Moneyball next year. Moneyball. <laughs> um, who's going to mention there? I forgot. Yeah, and Josh Schuster, as you mentioned in that that moment, it's like it's really cool having a back row player like a half when you're on top. It's not great when you're getting pummeled. No. <laughs> like you said, have a carry, mate. Have a dig. And he really didn't. But yeah, South, like, didn't, they didn't go at Schuster or Sully. It was like mm. they, they kind of went left a lot. But every time they went right, they cracked them pretty much. Yeah, it was, it, was, <laughs> it was remarkably easy. And I was kind of worried after the first, not worried, but like those first couple of times, they, the, the sweeps weren't working. Like I think there was one where Cody threw the ball out the back and it nearly went over the sideline. AJ had to dive yeah. on it. There's a couple of other times. Taft dropped it in that first attacking set. Um, but then, yeah, they just really settled in after the first five minutes and it was one-way traffic. Uh, it couldn't have been much easier. As long as Reynolds pulls up okay, then there's really nothing to worry about. We'll preview the game later in the week, of course, but yeah, they're going into a grand final now with as good a preparation as they could possibly have, I think. Yeah, and... We know it's going to be a challenge and Penny yeah, sure. playing them again. We'll preview that again there. And I, I sit there thinking like, like Latrell Mitchell must feel like the world's stupidest human right now. I mean, I would not even think this would be a contest this weekend if he was playing. I think we would just win so easily, but he's not. So Yeah, you've just got that vibe. And even in the the press conferences and the similar, and God, there's one thing. like I like Cooper Cronk. But before the game, he spoke about garbage, about magic. Of Wayne can sprinkle his magic dust and make the halves turn up at a big game for once kind of garbage. I've forgotten he said that stuff at the start of the year that Reynolds wasn't worth the money because Reynolds lost three prelims. Yes, he did say that. It's a very stupid thing for someone like Cooper Cronk to say. <laughs> maybe he doesn't like Adam Reynolds because Adam Reynolds know. is better than him. Did he ever? Did I, we think I, of I that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's it. But uh, mm. I just, the, the press conference post match. They have a premiership winning team vibe. Sounds dumb saying that, but you just see the, the way they're on the field, 
how they have all this self-belief, how often they're talking about how it's that everything's for the team, not for individuals. You know, the teams aren't this. Like Wayne was doing his usual thing, saying like the players aren't this, the team got us here. I knew they could do it. They just had to believe themselves they could do it. You know, it's not me. It's all that garbage. It's when you start hearing, you know, that's all the shit you hear out of teams that win comps. <laughs> you know, yeah, when it ends. it's got that vibe to it. It, it feels very 2014-y right now. Um, it does. And it really came from, they didn't come from nowhere. They were really good all year. But the vibe like, came really fast. <laughs> right right, right down to the line break Lottie, Benji Marshall parallels. Like the whole thing, yeah. man. It's just crazy. Um, yeah. I will Benji's say, we'll, we'll, form, again, we will but... preview this later in the week. But if you are neutral and you're not supporting Benji Marshall, you are a terrorist. Like, it's that simple. It's a fact. There you go. Yeah. But uh, Benji, I mean, I know that story's changed a few times when Wayne's told it now. There's probably some truth in it. But Anasa was telling that story early in the year on Fox because they were on the you know, golf course together. Benji got the call from the dogs that they said no to him. And then Benji called Wayne. I just like the idea of that, like Benji's got a, an, like not a bat phone. He's got a Wayne phone. He's like, everything's <laughs> fucked. It's a, it's, a it's, it's one of those old rotary phones. Yeah, you like to put your finger in and turn the wheel thing. Exactly. Direct line to Wayne. And he's only used it a couple of times through his career, but when he has, he's used it wisely. It saved his career twice. Like when, like when Brisbane took him, no one wanted him. And when it's happened this year, the Bulldogs said no. It's only used for down on their luck players to call Wayne and for Wayne to call the Greater Union movie hotline to see what time the pictures are showing. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some really good stuff in that post-match press as well, which is like... Yeah, it was good. That, like... like some of the journalists ask terrible questions, but a lot of stuff about coaching that Wayne says is the reason why he's still a good coach. It's he would not be a tactical genius anymore. We know this, whatever, but he's like the world's greatest man manager talks about how he has to keep adapting. He adapts to all the rules. He's always adapting, but even things like, you know, Benji calls him and he got, he, he makes a few calls around Souths and then guarantees to Benji that the 14 is his all year. Like that's just yours. Bang, self-belief. There's belief. He's always got belief in his players. Like he told Benji that. And obviously Benji performed, but it's so often we see coaches do something like that and then three weeks later it's gone. Like you just see the whole way it laid out for Wayne. And Jason Demetrius there just gobbling all this stuff up. He's probably, you know, probably the one doing more tactical things, but their management parties he's eating it up. But that's the reason why, like Wayne mm. Bennett to do that, you know, in 2005, I remember when I was 15 years old, hearing that he was finished. We hadn't won a comp in like four years and people are, he's finished. It's 16 years year. later. <laughs> yeah. 16 years later, he's been resold from the Broncos twice because he was apparently finished. <laughs> Fuck mm. me. I don't want to get, this is not a Broncos podcast. I'm not going to get into that, but, but he's still doing it. Still one of the great leaders of men and still hasn't got a job next year. Isn't well, that ridiculous? Yeah, yes, it is. But I mean, I guess conventional wisdom would say that he's just waiting for that second Brisbane. Team. Yeah, I know, I know. But if that wasn't happening, yes, true, 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 true. Like, um, know, but that's it. But yeah, just a great performance, and it's good to see him. Like when Wayne's feeling himself, he has the, some of the great presses. How good was Benji humping him in the sheds afterwards? It was it great. Was great. Um, Sean Kepi thing was very, very unpleasant. Well, it was right in time. For last week, I did when we spoke last week. I said there still is times a game should be stopped, but I feel like after the coverage of the whole week, Sean yeah. Kepi could have burst into flames and Ashley Klein. This is like go. I actually <laughs> do feel I feel bad for Ashley Klein because like so he's just copped a whole week of narratives about how he got hoodwinked by a trainer and all this stuff, rightly or wrongly. Yeah, and then that's that has to be in his brain all week. And you're right, like it's pretty much like unless someone pulls out a knife and stabs someone, I'm not stopping this game. Yeah, and like. As you said, he got hooked by a trainer. He followed the process and the rules. 
he got a little wrong, but again, the referee's doing like seven things, right, when the game's on, and he's just heard, got to call the game off, and he got it wrong. We all know he got it wrong, but that's, it's not one of those ones that's fully his fault. Someone else cheated, you know? Mm. And uh, yeah, so this week, I feel sorry for Kepi, then you saw his his mum outcry, a, a bit of an outcry on Facebook about yeah. it. That um, And, you know, that did dint them, but I don't think... There's some injuries in the next game that may be different. I don't think that would have really changed the game for them. It didn't, and, uh, but also the moment it happened, I was like, well, I already thought we were going to steamroll their middle. The moment that happened, I was like, George Burgess might have 300 here if he if you, he, if he, if he wants it. Like, you Jesus weren't worried Christ. about the, the, the Moore coming on? like No, surprisingly, <laughs> the gimmick... I wasn't worried about some gimmick player who can score tries against the Cowboys and Bulldogs coming on and Mate. winning a prelim. He was involved in one of those tries at the end, mate. There was once, there was actually one set defensively where he put like three hits on in a row, but then he was just like gassed for 10 minutes. So it was like, yeah. Yeah, it's um, where to from Manly from here is interesting. I know there's a lot of people assuming, I mean, any fan your team plays like this year, they did for most of this year, it makes a prelim and loses. You always assume the best for the season after. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very hard to recapture the lightning in the bottle they caught this season. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I did enjoy the self congratulation during the week from people involved with that club about their analytics based approach and all this stuff. And it was like, it was very much reminded me of that time. You, the time you told me you went to that analytics thing and the Golden State Warriors guy was just there, like jerking himself off about how smart they were. And it's like, mate, yes. you have Steph Curry. You have Steph Curry <laughs> who can shoot threes from everywhere on the court. That's why well, you no, win. That, it's not they, that they, plan- no, but Bunga, they were planning to keep stay as good once Steph was gone. Ah, said that? of course. Yeah. Well, great. <laughs> And it's like, mate, I mean, yeah, look, you can say all the nice things you want about Manly, but you're winning games because you have the best player in the world. That's who can score tries from anywhere. That, yes. That's why. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's exactly it. It's like, what did the Bulls plan for after Michael Jordan to go shit? They're like, you know what? We planned to be shit for 25 years. No, yeah. no one plans. It, it happens. <laughs> it happens. And the, the, the Manly one was funny because it was just claiming these things. And I, and I don't know fully if it was inside Manly. It just seems like something's been told to, the, to Roy Mars and he's run with it. Like things that people have known for over a decade. Like yeah. and Des would have had more detail and further than that a decade ago. So quite funny. Like oh, completion rate doesn't correlate. <laughs> having with the ball much. more often is better. Wow. Yes, <laughs> having more possessions with an S is better. It's like wow. So like, and completion rate also. It's one of those things. It does matter, but it's like it doesn't. I know it doesn't correlate with wins perfectly, but like effective completion matters. Like incompl- like losing the ball in the other team's 10 meter zone, right? Is yeah. nothing compared to losing it in your own half. Manly were losing the ball fucking everywhere. So they were just <laughs> like, they were panicking in the early the early yeah. shifts where they just were throwing the ball behind players and stuff. It was just ugly. And well, it was it, it was very yeah. similar to when they played the storm, was that they they just thought they'd had the they've been playing such tough football all year. And as we always said, the old way of talking about league is like you have to earn the right to spread the ball. This year team's been so gassed, you're not always even had to earn the right. But yeah, they did the same thing against the Storm. They've done it against you guys. That like they defaulted as fucking spread it. But uh, yeah, it doesn't work when the other team can defend and is physical. Like mm. there's a few times that they, they hit guys out back of shape, or you know Campbell Graham makes a good read and similar, and like or they South hold their width, and all of a sudden it's not Tommy with four on two. You know? Yeah, funny how that works. Bloody yeah, but uh, completion yeah. rate is bad. Well, I know again it's bad, but just funny that was that was cutting edge. Yeah, God. Yeah, here's a stat for you. We fucking won. Anyway, <laughs> point here's, points are good. Yeah, like, look at put that in your fucking book, Chief. <laughs> still annoyed. I'm still annoyed about the AFL Grand Final. Don't start me. Oh, your guy kicked six goals. 
Surely he gets the man of the match. No, it doesn't. This guy got 40 disposals. Oh, all right. I'll just go yeah, fuck myself. That, I understand, like, in some I do game, understand we, that I'm being a dickhead when I pretend I know, like I don't, but, I, but it's I, just I, funny because they get so angry. But uh, one was one of those guys, I do understand that very often we give, like, man of the match. We never give man of the match to wingers in rugby league. Like, but Alex Johnson is game, not South Best players. I understand that. Know, but, like, like, sometimes a winger scores five tries and he probably was the man of the match. Like, yeah. you know, he probably was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, so I've been really, really, really right about everything that's happened to Souths in the finals. <laughs> and I've been really, really, really wrong about games not involving Souths. And this was the latest in a sequence of those games. Um, but you were equally wrong. It was funny because like, um, I listened back to our bonus pod on Saturday morning when I went to get coffee just because I needed something Souths related to get me through my walk. And why would I go to something like not as good as our podcast? That's just silly. So I listened back and it was funny. We spent like 10 minutes talking about whether we could beat the storm at Suncorp. Turns out, don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, um, this, I mean, again, we, we did the fucking... We had the wake on the podcast. They were dead. We, we had literally the did. on. Well, the Penrith fan we was as miserable we, as we were. We, we wrapped their season up. We're going to do it again this week. And we're going to have it. I think a lot of the stuff we said about how they got to there was true. How the lessons they learned, all that kind of stuff is still there. But I have no fucking idea where they found the energy and physicality they got regained this week. Because it's been gone for a number of weeks. But it's by far the best performance Penrith have had over the last two seasons. By far. And I know Penrith fans have paid up more attention than I have over the last decade, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better performance by Penrith in the last decade. Uh, they beat the Storm out of the fucking game. They beat them off their game. They, you know, sent guys like Munster and Harry Grant. Like, Harry Grant had a bad game a few weeks ago. Harry Grant had a disgusting game in this one. He was awful. Munster was terrible. Like, they just smashed them and niggled them and drew Melbourne into their bullshit. And we thought Melbourne were like past that level of getting beat by getting drawn into bullshit. Turns out they're not. Just turns out mm. no one does it anymore. And they they were in their face from kickoff. They were cocky. They were talking shit. They rattled the storm and then they just never relented from there. And they took the piss in the ruck and they cheated and they pushed the boundaries. And you sit there and go, well, well that's not their fault. The referee's fault to it. They, they play in the, within the rules. They do that, but they did all that shit. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. They have just turned the storm on the storm and Melbourne fucking hate it. <laughs> Melbourne they hate his shit. did not like it. Um, of course, really uphill sledding for them after losing Christian Welch and Brandon Smith inside the first 15 minutes. But all that aside, they just, yeah, got the piss beaten out of them. And Cam, Cam Munster was terrible. It's rare to see him play so poorly in big games. But I think he's a primary candidate of a guy who does not like losing and just oh, like God. carries on like a child when his team is not playing well and really loses his bundle a lot, which is a shame because I really like Cam Munster. I think he's an excellent player. But we've seen this story with him before when they're losing big games. And it happened again. Yeah, and um, I don't... um. I'm not one of those people that gave a shit. Like, I like Penrith, the boys, celebrating a lot. I thought that first try celebration was they someone should have got punched. If that happened, like, <laughs> to, or, you, or you at the park, if a team scored the first try of the game and they're sticking their tongues in your face, you should swing. You know, but they, whatever, they didn't. But then I didn't find out till like, we found it today, like, post-fact. Like, they've obviously kept their mouths shut the last couple of times I've met this year. That essentially they've been holding on to it since last year's grand final. All the sh- shit that Pen- Melbourne was chatting, they came into this game and used that shit back against them. It's like, you know what? Play on, boys. You're going to let us skin. It worked. So over celebrate that first try because it, it, it worked. <laughs> like, 
But uh, but yeah, Munster was terrible, as you said, off his game. But it felt weird to me. It felt to me like if they could somehow have got Jerome Hughes with Olam and Adokar, they would have won. Mm. But instead, Jerome Hughes was creating opportunities for two potatoes who couldn't hold the ball. And then Munster was killing everything that went to his side of the field. <laughs> it's like, just switch them. Most but ridiculous sentence I've read this year. Do the Storm win if Lumi Lumi plays? And I was like, maybe. <laughs> maybe they do. Maybe, but you know what? Pen would probably still beat the piss out of them. (laughs) And I'm not sure Lumi Lumi's going to be one coming in field and settling the boys down. No, nor do I. (laughs) That's why it was so funny because I was like, on face value, that's a ridiculous sentence, but kind of maybe because poor old Jennings was garbage. Yeah, when when teams lose, we always find the the mistakes. Like We went through Sully's earlier, but we find, you know, if Jennings catches this bomb or if Jennings catches, catches that ball... You know, they don't concede the first try, then actually the storm score. Yeah, we say that, but also, okay, what if, to- if To'o doesn't drop the ball over the try line? To'o Very was true. over the line and bombed the try. Like Penrith bombed opportunities as well, but we, oh, we, but we spend so much time trying to find ways for the team that lost to it's a It's how it's any sport. It's like when there's one it bad does. call that goes against a team that loses in any sport, that call gets talked about for a week, even if there was an equally bad call that went in their favor earlier in the same game. But they the lost. fact for me is that Penrith controlled this game from that mm. first try. They did for the for the rest of it. They controlled. It would have been a, it would have been a travesty if they'd ended up losing this in the last minute or something. Yeah, but it's it was like that's that's like that's how they've beaten teams throughout this whole run. And I know they blow teams up after a while, but generally they they beat them through their physicality as they have done in this game. Put pressure on the other team, and they score tries through like having a lots of cracks. They haven't never been as efficient with the ball in hand as the Storm or, or South were. And they went away from that the last couple of weeks. They were trying to score points too easily. They were giving up on themselves. They weren't creating pressure. And it's just like they switched. The last few weeks just didn't happen. And they switched back to what they were. Like, if they played you guys like this in week one, it's a better game than what it was, that's for sure. A closer game than what it was. But, you know, that they came into this one and played the Storm perfectly, took them off their game. And, like, even the things like Ivan has got lots of changes wrong in other finals games. He should have started Pangai when he playing you guys, and he started him in this game, and it, and it fit what they were trying to do perfectly. And he got hurt, and unfortunately, might miss the grand final. But he was pissing the storm off for that first eighteen minutes. Yeah, I'm. I will perfectly. not. I will not be complaining if he doesn't play this week. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like Isaiah Yo. Got, where did Liam Martin Liam, come back? Liam from? Martin was really good. He was. He was being pretty average for five or six weeks. He'd come back. Like he was really good, and uh, like. Nathan Cleary obviously was exceptional. Like his kicking game is pretty much what won, won them the, the fixture. Like, well, kept the pressure on them. But that first try, I would love to know. They haven't spoken about that, but that's clearly something they caught on tape. That's something that's like Adokar's always shut up really quick, but they've just caught somewhere. Like, if they set on the right of the post, whatever, the storm shape is to do X. Because Cleary knew well before he was dummy half, he was kicking that ball. Like, so that was a great little, little trick shot. And that's all they needed. Once they were ahead, they. Push the rock the entire time, but that's they're allowed to do that. It's not their fault that there's a dumb rule that exists. The six again rule is not their fault that it exists. They push that dumb rule. They 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 push the boundaries a little. They push their line speed. They get really physical. But if the storm just stayed on their game and stayed at task, they could have worked their way back in that fixture. But they just couldn't. They couldn't handle the physicality. They had the shits. They tried to find shortcuts, how to score points. They kept forcing offloads. They kept dropping the fucking ball. And a couple of times in that game, they have a set where they just went like up the guts for five tackles and they would go like 70 meters. It's like, yeah, that's what you do, fellas. 
Yeah. Where they put like a shit kick on the end of it and then not repeat it. Like there was that one when Munster just kicked it. Oh dead. my God, that was awful. <laughs> they flew like 75 meters at the field finally, just went up the middle, straight bang, 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 bang. And then Munster so just boots bad. it dead. It's like they just couldn't, they couldn't capitalize anything they created. And obviously, I think like Smith and Welch are a huge parts of that. Huge. Like Welch is a, has been their ball distributor as well in the middle for most of the season. He, he has been. He off, most offloads in the competition too and passes a lot there. And, and Brandon's just, really good at keeping them playing direct, especially when mm-hmm. Harry Grant, you know, losing one of them, they would have been fine, but they lost their start, their best forward for mine, Christian Watts, and they lost the, you know, the, the best backup who would have come and played the middle in, in Brandon Smith. And I don't know where we shall talk about this, the HIA stuff, mate, I'm going to put out, yeah. I do not give All a right. shit. Uh, <laughs> well, look, I don't know about the Luai one, but I didn't think Cleary was concussed. So I think it was fine. And I thought the two Storm ones were pretty bad. But I still don't actually know if Brandon Smith was concussed. I thought he fucked his shoulder and they used it to get an extra sub, but who knows? Yeah. Um, and we still don't know what happened to his shoulder. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, so uh, people seem to think like concussions are not black or black and white. If it was black and white, there wouldn't be a process involved as there is now that the club says it'd be pretty easy to rule guys out, but it's like the way it works, you know, obviously, you know, we know that works. If you have symptoms, whatever you get tested, you go off and get, te- get, do the test, but the HIA, the, the test itself is like, you answer questions. You answered like in the preseason, like you answer like 20 questions or something, you know, and it's, and there starts at 23 symptoms or whatever. And this thing started off pretty basic. Like, you know, what venue are we at today? What half is it? Who scored in the last? In, who scored last in the match? You know, what team mm. did you last play? Did your team win the last game? And then they start doing things like repeat after me. You know, four, five, one, and then one in reverse order, and then I'd nail this stuff. test. I'd do really yeah. well. I think, but but like, firstly, like they do that when they're not concussed, so we have a baseline set, and they do it again. There's that, but also part of the assessment is the opinion. The opinion is in the assessment. The doctor's opinion if the players concussed or not. We're not, I know, and I know people want to err on the side of player safety, but I think a lot of people are erring on the side of they hate Penrith and they want to make excuses for why Penrith should have lost and Lua should have gone off or whatever. But it's like, it's, it just, it's a prelim final for fuck's sake. He passed the test. You think they're not going to put him back on? Do you really think they're not going to put him back on if he passed the test? They're going to go, you know what? Yeah. Like, fucking come on. And honestly, nobody gives a shit. Like, our good friend, Enrol Physio, would actually care about these players' health and safety. They do. 90% of people saying they do do not give a shit. You do not care if a player is concussed or not. You just get a little bit excited when either a team you're go like you're a fan of the other team or you just hate the team that it's happening to. You just get a little bit excited when you think one of their good players has to go off and then you get angry when they don't have to go off. That's that's yeah. how that's what it is most of the time. Yeah, and Christian Welch said, you know, he felt like he'd passed it or, or he felt his best after it, but the doctor can rule him out. And that's 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 the reason why some clubs, you know, in our eyes are better or worse than others is because there's opinion based on in the HI. It's not like you go off get your brain scan and go, you're concussed or not. Mm. And the Cleary thing, I watched it again. And again, I'm not a doctor. I got no fucking clue. But there's people who watched it whose job is to watch that. There's NRL officials, there's club doctors. And yeah, I know you can say the club doc- the club doctor is played by the club as well. We all know this. Like that's the way system works. Obviously, they're going to push people to get back on the field. It's their job to get players on the field. But like, 
the guys who watch the side didn't anything wrong with it. And I watched the replay and he doesn't stumble. He just looks like you can get hit in the head and face and not be concussed. Okay. It's true. Like you can get in. That's fine. And again, doctors will tell you, not just me, but you know, I spoke to, to Brian about it himself and he's like, yeah, like it actually looks like he's got, you know, a bit shocked kind of thing, you know, he's stung after it. But that's it. But people try to find weird ways to like, Oh, Penrith did this and Penrith did that. And then the ridiculous, other ridiculous one, the sideline conversion. Yeah, he missed it anyway. Who the fuck cares? He missed it, but also it was like half a meter infield. It was, it's just like the stupid uh, oh, journalist with their cameras down at Bondi. Speaking of stupid, the um yeah. the screenshot that was doing the rounds of the the try with the ball on the sideline, and that got shared everywhere. It's like the person who did that got you all. He he was after Crotton scored. He standing back, he standing back up. He stood on the sideline. People really just fell for it. People just looking for so many ways to just, oh, this is the rip off. It's a cheat, whatever. It, it's no Penrith fucking beat, beat them. Penrith are better. Penrith won. Yep. Fucking just just suck it up and deal with. It. I don't think they. I don't think they win. They fucking did. No. And none of those little dumb Melbourne. factors mattered. Yeah. Like, and you know that that's all the conversion was so funny because Fox Sports I've shared it too, but it's like, it's just the camera angle. He's like a half meter in field. If you watch it from the wide angle, it's it's fine. No one cares. It's but no, we put the camera low down over here. In it's a ten meter line, right? The white line in the middle of the field. The, sorry, the first train track. It looks twenty meters in because of the angle, and people just gobble it up. And like that again, he missed anyway. He missed. It doesn't matter. It just yeah. Ugh. Great yeah, game. Trying to find yeah, trying to find little weird ways of why how Penrith cheated, and if X Y or Z happened, the Storm could have won. People really they have started did. to hate Penrith to the point where I'm starting to. Be embarrassed about it. Oh, so I was very embarrassed by the reaction to the game. I was like, Jesus, I've, I've, I've said I enjoy how this team play, but I, I've also enjoyed Ivan Cleary's misery. I've, I've said on the podcast after they've lost games, and I've come around more of them over time because just how good they are and entertaining they are. But I'm embarrassed to be so sad about anyone who how they reacted after that game with like mm. all the excuses. And most Storm fans didn't have the same garbage. Yeah, it was weird. They it wasn't really beat. Melbourne fans carrying on. It was like fans of other clubs that just hate Penrith. They know they got beat. Mm. Like they got beaten off the off the ball. They got niggled, and the, after the game, Pangai said as well. He said to um one of the journos up in Queensland that like they studied how Parramatta beat uh, the Storm last, and just did that, which was just being really niggly, and it worked. And whatever they beat them, and you know if Cleary moved the the conversion, doesn't matter. You know you guys know nothing. I know nothing about the HIAs that went on. Doesn't matter. They fucking won, and. Do you really want the Storm going into the grand final next week without, I don't know what would have happened, but Harry got suspended. Maybe it's different if they make the grand final. He's suspended. Who knows how bad Brandon Smith is and who knows how bad Christian Welch is. And you want uh, can I address this? Final? Yes, I did. Yeah. I wanted that. Yes. When there, was five, when there was five minutes, after Harry Grant got done for that crusher, when there was like five minutes left, I was like, oh my God, can they, if they score, we're going, like we're winning, we're 100% winning this grand final because they're going to not have a hooker next week. Like, yeah. please score. Please score. And I thought, I thought the entire game they were going to come back. I did. I thought someone would come, like, figure it out for 10 minutes and win. And they just didn't. They couldn't figure mm. their shit out. And they, they, you know, Remus Smith and George Jennings bom- bombed a few tries down there. But that was forced, like, they forced passes because of Penrith's pressure. Like, you know, they, what is it? Four mistakes for Jennings, four for Remus. But a lot of the passes thrown to them weren't great passes. They were in, like, Pen- Storm were overplaying their hand trying to score points. And Penrith did that to them. And their back kicking game really cost them in this game, too. I mean, 
Brandon Smith kicked a 2040 that no one knew was 2040. That was that was hilarious. That was very funny. But yeah, like they're, they're back, they're kicking game. They couldn't finish their sets well. And then Penrith just killed them with it and with physicality. And then it makes you think like, you know, well, maybe if Penrith can bring that energy next week, we're in for a cracking grand final. I know there was a lot of like people, some people loved or hated this game. I thought it was a cracker. I know drop ball can mean shit games, but I just thought two, like two teams just throwing themselves at each other. is why I like rugby league and also upsets. They happen again. You know, we had two years of no upsets. We've had, the same teams of grand finals for six or seven years. I forgot that, you know, actually upsets can happen in big games. And they did mm. twice now in the finals. Yeah. Um, nice. Look, we're not going to do the preview today, but it just like, I just feel like there's just been so much taken out of this team now. They've, they've just given out so much juice in the last three weeks. Penrith. But, mate, but they had, I don't know how they found juice for this game. I have no idea where they got that from. Like, yeah. as you said, for, as a South fan watching that game, you, yeah, you're feeling fantastic. Hey. Lovely result. Just beat the shit out of each other for 80 minutes. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and they're yeah. like, they're low-key, like, they're more injured than they're letting on. Like, they said Pangai was the only one in doubt, but, like, James Fisher-Harris looks pretty hobbled. Um, Brian Toto is 100%. Yeah. Like, there's some big players in that team that are either going to be playing on one leg pretty much or not playing. And that is not great for them either. Yeah, just to get them all jabbed up and see how, see how they go, I guess. But, yeah, they've got they've got their shot at the grand final again that we didn't think it was coming after last week. With like, you know, these guys are leaving next week, like Burton and uh, Kurt, Kurt Capewell, who's fantastic in this game. Pangai, who was great for, for twenty minutes, but yeah, they're losing those guys. Maybe Spencer Lino as well. So that you know, we'll see how they go. One one last crack as, as this group, but it does feel like as long as Nathan Cleary is there and the four packs all right, this is a way they can win football games. Like they can win games like this. They, they, yeah. they can just kick the shit they, they, like they win field position play physical and they admitted against you guys in round one they got off they got away from that they were too busy kicking the Blake Taft but yeah mm. it's effectively kicked the storm off the park in this game and and, and then yeah, their line so was great but mm. yeah I don't know who. Look, it feels weird to like Jerome he's had a really good game and they only scored six points <laughs> yeah he was alright um, he was alright the rest, the rest their, their, their execution and their last tackle options were so shit there was. So, and mate, it, it felt like if they got the ball to Olam near the goal line, they were going to score. They never did. He had 16 yeah. runs for 160 meters, and he was going like through Momorowski every time he got the ball. And they just never went near, near the goal line. It was weird. Just, gave fine, Dan, then, just gave Dan Gagai the blueprint, mate. It's all right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but yeah, it, just, it does feel weird seeing the Storm lose like this. And they obviously missed Brandon. They missed... But, and they, but God, they miss Cam Smith. I know it sounds dumb now, but it was like the first <laughs> time you felt like Jesus Christ, they're miss, missing someone calming these morons down, aren't they? Yeah, big time. Um, which I mean, I like that the universe kind of makes sense again. Like they didn't just piss their way to a premiership without the best player of all time. Yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah, they've also like they lost Fanukin, which will be a, be a blow. I thought he was pretty average in the first half. Forgot better as the game went on. And they paid the price for that weird bench they've been carrying. Like I thought, the for Solomon was immense. So was Tui. But yeah, then they had Grant and Hines, and they need they needed a big fellow or a forward so bad. Yeah, big time. Um, uh, they'll be fine next year though. I wouldn't be too worried. Yeah, they'll be perfectly fine. I mean, they've still got most of the good players there, and then they won't have George Jennings. They'll have Xavier Coates on that wing. Oh, that's that's actually quite terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that was fun. To say about this game? I'm trying to think. Nothing else to say about this game. Is no, it? I'm just, just really happy that both teams gave it their all and um, hurt each other a lot. 
Oh, I did enjoy that, by the way. People, like, obviously, I'm going to preface this by saying Nathan Cleary did not deserve to be suspended. But I did enjoy Mm -hmm. people like, oh, you know, it's dumb if you are a South fan and you want Nathan Cleary to be suspended. You should want to beat the other team at their best. It's like, no, I want to win a premiership. And if they have Tyrone May at halfback, we're going to win a premiership. So that is absolutely what I want. It'd be be Matt Burton, wouldn't it? It doesn't really matter. The point is, if Nathan Cleary is not playing, Penrith aren't winning. So, yeah. yes, I absolutely wanted him to be suspended, even though he shouldn't have. What are we Correct. doing here? And, and you only say post-game if you win. Oh, I'm glad we beat their best team. <laughs> you yeah, say after which, the game if you win. <laughs> look, hand up on Sunday night. I'll be very glad that we beat their best team. But until then, I'll be pretty much <laughs> hoping that somehow s- some lunatic posts another angle of something on Twitter and, and Nathan gets done. But uh, Yeah, but he, that was yeah. like the first replay. Yeah, what a beat-up. His, he- his hands went between the legs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. That's it, but... God, and completion rate doesn't matter either this game, even though the storm, but fuck. Well, yeah, fucked. Was, <laughs> if, no, if no one scores points, doesn't. doesn't matter. Um, you got the grand old club scoring a thousand tries, mate. It, it could matter next week. You do. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, we can get out of here. We're back tomorrow with a Panthers season wrap. Uh, but before we go, I'd like to give a special thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. Uh, if you want to be a patron, you go to patreon.com forward slash NRL boom rookies. Uh, you get access to our Discord server, entry next year's culture and cart priority at question time. Um, some other, uh, some merchandise and plenty of other things as well. There's never a better time to do it than this week as well. We're giving you six podcasts this week. Six. Think about it. Anyway, thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Alex Sergicomi, Ben Wallace, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Don Keydick. Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, James K, Jason, Jess, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Tomer 98, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Matty Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, Never Trendy, Party Keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Bart, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, the not so mature as student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Ahern. Thank you so much for your continued support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. All right. We'll be back tomorrow to talk all things Penrith Panthers. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.